What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. We've got a stacked episode for you. More information than you've ever seen or heard in your entire life. Before we do, tonight, Cafe Bohemia. Show up, 8 p.m., New York City. You either go online, use promo code FIRE, you get uh, tickets for 5 bucks, or you just show up. Just show the fuck up. Stack lineup tonight. Unbelievable lineup of comics. I'm working on some new jokes coming out. Cafe Bohemia. Uh, all right, so guys, listen. It turns out the entire Ukraine war, uh, it was actually over a super come. Who saw that coming? You know, you, you, you turn into the Run Your Mouth podcast, you do your research, you're, you're, you're reading about Baca roots, your, your underground layers uh, where they got all these salt mines. And once you get the salt mines, then you can just run underneath the entire cities. You're learning about these bio labs and, and missile defense systems and people not having enough bullets in the entire time it was over supercumbed. That's what's really been going on in these bio labs. What, 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 what exactly makes the cum so super? super? Is this the zombie shit that if uh, somehow somebody stuck this needle of super cum into someone's nuts and then they impregnate a lady, that would be the end of the human race? We don't know. This was only recently leaked that a Russian official accidentally referred to the super cum that's in the airs over uh, Ukraine. So sadly, I'm just teasing the topic. I mean, I got a whole episode that's stacked with real information, 100% backed by Russia. Uh, but just because it's amazing, the curveballs where you're following these storylines for years and then you get an X factor like, wait a second, this war's actually just been over super cum the entire time. I thought this thing was about the Nord Stream pipeline. I thought this thing was about the oligarchs and the elites making sure that, uh, you know, Germany's not going to buy its oil from Russia because if these two people work together, then that will be the end of the Jews. That's what I thought. You know, I'm over here and I'm reading all my books about geopolitics. I didn't even realize that there was super cum. Is that, is that what the world's uh, next energy source is actually going to be? They're going to be able to manufacture our semen? Because that would be great. Are you kidding me? If we all had an excuse to jerk off all the time because we needed it for electricity? You know what? These scientists are onto something. Here I am talking about global warming and ESG scores. But how is the church going to react when uh, these bio labs actually have an injection you can put into your balls and then all of a sudden you, you, you uh, just a couple loads of semen you can run your house for an entire day now we're talking now I'll be I, I, I will 180 and be pro fauci if that's what fauci seriously been working on this entire time is super cum that you can just go over to your car instead of uh, having a gas canister we just replace it with fleshlights you can just fill it up in the morning and drive that thing. You know, or maybe you get stuck on the side of the road instead of taking a piss. All the cars behind you are just watching you. You're humping your car, and you're like, "It broke. I gotta, I gotta keep going." And they're they're just shining. You know, they're holding their hands over their kids' eyes in their cars. Do you try and fill up your car on the side of the road? Well, this was a disgusting start of an episode. Let's get into the actual topics. Uh, which it's uh apparently they're uh they're turning all the beers gay. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. This dropped on uh on uh, Twitter yesterday. Um, and by the way, this isn't particularly good for my business because uh, it used to be like you could be a celebrity and, you know, you could go over to like Europe and do some dumb fucking commercial and no one in America ever saw it. Or you could advertise a brand with any given individual and the internet wouldn't know about it and they wouldn't go onto the internet and go, oh my God, Yo Kratom has been working with Robbie the Fire Bernstein for three years. We got to, well, Yo Kratom is a particularly cool brand as a sheath. So, you know, they're invulnerable to this kind of stuff because they particularly actually like to support this content. But imagine if Bud Light or someone ended up on like, uh, you know, 
uh, it, the most offensive podcast on earth. And then the, all the uh, trans people at Twitter were yelling about it. So this isn't great for my business that we're now focusing on if advertisers are trying to hit specific sub-segments, almost like, dis- you know, like discriminatory pricing. You ever hear about that? Uh, that Amazon is secretly tracking your wealth and value. And if you got more money, they'll show you one price. And if they know that you're poor as shit, they'll show you a different price. It's called discriminatory pricing. I don't know if Amazon actually does that. Just like I don't know if Supercom works. But I do know about the concept of discriminatory pricing of uh, you try and milk people for everything you can out of their pockets. You know, this guy doesn't have that much money. You give him one price. You know, that guy's got a lot of money. You give him a different price. Advertisers are trying to do something similar. You, you walk into this room and you go, hey, we love the gay community. And then you walk into that room and go, we fucking hate these queers. And then hopefully everyone drinks your beer. Uh, but now, as they try and go into one room and pretend to be one thing, the internet pulls it up and goes, look, this guy's a big fat phony. It's kind of like if you were in high school, you're trying to be with the jocks and try and hang out with this one. And they go, oh, look, this guy's not really on the football team. He was over there being a ballerina. And then the football team all shows up. They knock on your door and they're like, is it true that you've been doing ballet with the ballerinas? We've all seen those dumb high school movies. So anyways, the Internet's picking up on all this. If you want to go out there and you're a beer brand, you want to be a big fat phony and try and hit some subgroup with some moke ass bullshit, they're going to find it. So here you go. We can play a little bit of the commercial. You've got uh, the lady from uh, Broad City, which, by the way, this isn't even her brand. I didn't really watch Broad City, but wasn't she kind of like, hey, I drink smoke. This is feminism and I'm out here being a badass bitch, having sex with whoever I want. And sometimes this dentist, wasn't that her brand? When did she suddenly become a... Hey, we're uh, we're women. We're all gonna dress modestly all the time and be respected. I sometimes it's hard to follow the feminist storyline here. Of uh, is it that hey, we can be sluts just like the dudes, or we're gonna be wholesome and you're gonna marry us? And I want to stay home and cook and raise a family. I don't know. Feminism gets confusing, but we can watch a little bit of this and then uh, talk about the only logical way to respond to this. Here's situation. a little known fact: women were among the very first to brew beer ever. How did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Wow. Look at this Wild. Not sure exactly what the issue is, but what I can tell you is that they're turning all the beer gay. We're going to live in a world where men, we can't drink beer, and then they're marketing it to women, and so then women are going to start getting fat, and then we're going to have no choice but to have sex amongst each other. It's getting confusing out there. Men are turning into women. Women are becoming the beer drinkers. They're getting all fat, growing guts with the beer. And we're going to have no choice but to have sex with other men. They're going to leave us no choice. Is that the world that we want to live in? I could see the commercials already. In a world where a man couldn't drink beer anymore. They turned my Budweiser gay. You know what this feels like? It feels like in a cop movie. Like uh, that one with uh, Al Pacino. When they go into the restaurant and they're taking bribes and they're like, we're going to need you to take this bribe too. The rest of the guys aren't going to feel too comfortable if everyone else has been bribed, but you haven't been bribed. It almost feels like Budweiser, Bud Light, Miller Light, Adolph Coors. You would have thought at least Adolph Coors could uh, continue to be respectful of uh, traditional male values and hate minorities. You would have at least thought Adolph Coors would have been on board with not going woke. But even Adolf Coors has converted, and he's gone the way of Bud Light, where they all got in a room, and they're like, listen, I'll advertise to the to the gays if you advertise to them. And then they all were like, all right, I guess we're all doing this now. 
I guess we're all going to give up our business altogether. Let me tell you, entire country is going to end up drinking Yingling. If I was Yingling, I would just do a campaign. We're sick of the bullshit, too. Like, that, that, that's generic. That's like, make America great again. What's the bullshit? I don't know. I'm not going to quantify it. It's whatever you think the bullshit is. Maybe you end up in a gay bar. Everyone's slugging back Yingling because they're like, we're sick of the bullshit, too. Enough is enough. Hey, if you're out there, you want to buy that campaign for me, it's trademarked. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. The we're sick of the bullshit campaign. Uh, or maybe just Kid Rock come out with uh, Kid Rock's Crispy Lager, America, America Beer. Put a big old fat eagle on the front of it, but an overweight one to really represent uh, America in, uh, in 2023. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Because I know all of you guys are out there and you're not sure what beer you can drink without plaguing your allegiance to gayness. I understand the issue at, 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 that's front and center for all Americans listening to this program, which is why you should just switch over to YoKratom or YoDelta.com. No one will ever accuse you. You can have those two things in the same evening. Be responsible. Be over the age of 21. That's not a recommendation. But I'm just saying, you go to YoDelta.com, you can get yourself gummies to be high for an entire summer in a single bag. So that's really what you should do. You should just step up your game. Be done with the beers, which have turned their back on you, especially with the advertising they're doing and support the only sponsor that supports this show, YoKratom, YoDelta.com. But anyways... If you're out there and you're trying to figure out at a summer party what beer you should drink, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna drink whatever the Patriot Fund people are drinking because those guys are cool. Maybe I'll take a workout class from one of those guys, figure out how they can make their butts look so nice in khaki pants. I feel like that's the only move at this point. One of those guys from the Patriot Front, FBI people, got to come front front and center. They're they're out there having cookouts, pretending like they're protesting. What beer are those people drinking? What 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 what's gonna be cool again? All right, I feel like we've uh, fully covered the the gayness of Americans' beers and the uh, Germans who are uh, secretly adding more fluoride to it uh, so that, you know, we all, I don't know, I'm done with this topic. All right, let's take a couple comments, and then we'll move on. Electrolytes, I could go for an electrolyte beer. That sounds like a good idea. Tommy Two Cents, Robbie, I could power the Eastern Seaboard. There you go. That guy's getting after it. Red Muskrat, it's time. Forest Mommy, you'll create them supplements for Super Crumb. Now we're on to something. Now we're on to something. All right. Uh, Tommy Two Cents, if the Super Crumb works out, they'll be trying to milk you for something completely different. Um, all right. What else we got? We, 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 we got all sorts of stuff coming at you. Uh, next topic on my list. Oh, dude, I'm training. I'm training for porches. I'm getting heavy. I'm, I'm putting I'm putting a little bit of a gut on. To make sure that I, this is how I'm solving my, uh, my, my, my uh, stomach problems. I just eat unhealthy at home and now I'm, I'm back. I got a stomach of steel again. I'm adjusted. You just got to push through. If you're out there and you got IBS, just eat more fried food at home until you get to a point that your body's just used to it and can process anything. But I'm, I'm reconnecting with porches. I'm getting ready for summer porch store season. And let me tell you this. Firstly, I spent all day Saturday on my porch, sitting out there, getting hammered, eating Yo Deltas, smoking cigarettes, watching television. I took a day off from life just to reconnect with my porch so that I could get ready for summer porch tour season, which you guys should be doing that too. If you think you're just going to enjoy porch tour without having spent some time outdoors connecting with porches, it's not going to happen. You, you got to put in some some work. You got to spend a little bit of time connecting with your porch. And I'm telling you, I'm going next level. I found a friend of mine who's going away from the summer. I might rent and move on to his porch for the entire, I'm going to become invincible. Are you kidding me? If I, if I start camping out on my friend's porch all summer, and, and just working out of there, I'm writing jokes from porches, performing on porches. We're, we're, we are leveling up. Uh, guys, 
Porch Tour dates are going to be released soon. I'm going to be playing most of the country, and I'm trying to turn these into three-day weekends. You don't have to actually have a porch, but if you're about three hours from any of the locations on my list, hit me up. It's about backyards. It's not like it's nice if you got a porch, but it's about backyards, about being outdoors, hanging out with people, making friends. I've got lifelong friends from Summer Porch Store. Um, so, you know, let's go. Open up your backyard, send your wife away from a weekend, and we'll party out there. We'll have not gay beers and enjoy some summer porch tours. Date's coming soon. All right. Uh, what else do I got? All right. Let's talk about this Durham investigation. Uh, so I don't know if you guys followed all the news. I don't know if you've dug in yet, but we've... Uh, the Durham report finally came out, and uh, it turns out that the uh, Russia collusion thing, it, 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 it definitively nonsense. I'd like to just start off and talk about this topic that I understand that Trump's not a Russian asset, but I still believe that he likes to get peed on. I just want to say that once you'd like, I understand that everything else was nonsense, but I still believe that this man's trying to be peed on. And I actually think that the lack of the urine in the Carol Jean case proves the fact that it wasn't true. That's what I would have been. I would have been the lawyer going, your honor, my client doesn't even like having sex. He likes getting peed on. And this lady is not saying that Donald Trump ever once requested her urine on top of him, so clearly this incident never happened. And then I would parade Melania into court to be like, yes, he imported me from Russia because I had the finest of the urines. We've never even had sex. All I do is pee on him every single night. Uh, so just to recap this whole thing, because it was nonsense from the beginning. This was a change in America where news organizations used to actually report news, they had some integrity, and then Donald Trump got elected and they had a meeting and they realized, okay, that's it, no more news. We're in, the, we're in the spin and propaganda game. No more printing information. Instead, we're gonna get on the news every single day and say, hey, this guy is actually treasonous. He's from Russia. Mueller's gonna investigate him, blah, 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 blah. And then I got to fill radio time for two hours going, hey, they're lying to you. This is BS and... As a result, we live in a world with more bullshit in which the government can get onto the televisions, present Fauci's and individuals like that to force you to take mRNA vaccines, and everyone goes, well, nothing makes any sense anymore. So sure, I'll take your shot for a virus that's not killing people in my age group, even though you didn't research the thing or have any safety protocols. Because we live in the land of bullshit. The only way to know fact from fiction is to be taking your Kratom's, your Deltas, watching this program celebrate the future, I mean, live in the future, celebrate being right. So for years, you go, this man's undermining our democracy, not us questioning whether or not he's working for Russia. That doesn't undermine the democracy. You understand the great irony of it? For years, they were going, this is going to undermine our democracy while they're questioning the guy. That's what actually undermined the democracy, and it turned out not to be true. Yet none of these people apologize. And then the story gets confusing as well because uh, the guy lost two out of his three. Uh, um, uh, he lost two out of his three of the actual criminal convictions, right? The, in, in actual court, this thing didn't hold up. And of course he goes, yeah, but the FBI sold me out because I had good witnesses and then we showed up for the testimony and those guys fucked me over by going, no, 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 that was credible uh, information. And then I feel like I need to have some consistency with my Mueller comments uh, because when the whole Mueller thing was going on, and we're going to play that video in a moment where Mueller went after three years of his investigation, which cost $32 million. Isn't it fun now people are complaining, hey, he spent $6 million and didn't even come up with a conviction. Well, Mueller spent $32 million. 
Although I would like to know why this investigation costs six million dollars. That does seem like a lot of money to go back and uh, just kind of rehash things that I was practically saying for free four years ago on podcasts. I don't make enough money. Yo, Kratom, I take it back. You guys better step up your game. No, I'm kidding. They're great. Loyal sponsors. Anyways, no more ADD. We're staying on topic. I got notes right there. There's no excuse for this. I got it all laid out. All right. So I am a little bit confused because when it came to the Mueller thing, I was like, look, they couldn't even uh, win any court cases. Now, in that instance, it seemed to me like the machine was more looking to actually get Trump in trouble. And it could be that the Mueller system was actually pretty successful and that it got some of the uh, high ups who helped Trump win office get end up in jail. So it could be that they made the statement that they were looking for. They started this massive investigation into the basis that Trump was a Russian asset, which turned out to be some concocted Hillary Clinton nonsense to try and win an election that everyone in the deep state went, you know what, let's run with that story. If we can keep parading this thing all around, circle it forward, we can get the American people to distrust this individual. And then uh, is there going to be any responsibility of the deep state for not uh, for basically clogging up a presidency for three years with some nonsense statement that they knew wasn't true? Uh, so anyways, I can uh, admit logical fallacies here that at the end of the Mueller investigation, I went, well, look, no one actually got in trouble, so I guess he didn't have enough evidence, which I guess maybe is different here because it was a report and the guy did a whole report and he went, all of this stuff might not be criminal, but it was pretty clear that the Clintons concocted a story here and then, you know, some of the higher ups at the FBI and other organizations just went with it because they had a clear political bias. Uh, here are some of my thoughts. Firstly is, let's pull back in the Mueller team. I mean, what were these guys doing for three years? What the fuck were they investigating if it turns out that the Clintons just made it made it up? I mean, were there really no rock was being under overturned. Every single day they were sitting there. That's why they needed $32 million, because there was never any evidence of anything whatsoever. I mean, how can it be like the Clintons just made it up, and then they got, it, it became such a big storyline that they went, you know what, we're going to investigate this. What was he investigating for the three years then and spending $32 million on? You guys think any heads will roll? Do you think we'll at least get a congressional hearing where they roll back in Comey, who is out there posting his sad pictures on Instagram, roaming the earth because of the injustice of Donald Trump firing him? Well, common folks start scratching their heads when they hear things, well, as they tell you in the intelligence community. I mean, do people remember... Just how convinced they were that Donald Trump was a Russian asset only for it to turn out that this was information literally or seemingly just purchased by the uh, Clinton organization. And then our uh, intelligence communities just ran with because they were anti uh, Donald Trump. Uh, so, you know, once again, I just invite the masses to live in the future, celebrate being right. You don't need six years to figure out this information. You can just listen to me screaming from my living room. Uh, with that being said, just to kind of point out the, uh, inconsistencies here in my own approach here, I'm actually pointing out my own flaws, everybody. I'm saying I look at the Durham thing, which I skimmed and it all looks to be like an accurate reporting of what happened and that the, the system itself seems to be uncaring of the flaws of the deep state, the crimes of the Clintons, the Obamas working with the Brennans. All these individuals should be paraded in front of Congress that they could stand there and lie and then just get away with their crimes. But you would think, I mean, here we got, we know for sure 
that under the request of the Biden administration, the CIA said, oh yeah, that looks like Russian information. That laptop that would probably cost a president an election because it's clear that uh, at a minimum, his family's kind of disgusting and possibly involved in corruption. And that storyline just disappears. Talk about the Hail Mary of Hail Marys to win an election is rolling out your scumbag kid's laptop in the final weeks and they call up the CIA and they go, no problem. We'll say that that's from the Russians and boom, it goes away. Hillary Clinton calls up and goes, hey, listen, this Donald Trump guy, here's how we beat him. Let's just say that he's uh, working with Russia. And everyone goes, all right, that sounds pretty good. And so what do they do? They use our taxpayer dollars to concoct a story, to investigate, make it seem like, oh, we really have evidence that this guy's working for Russia. The whole thing turns out to be not true. IRS is supposed to be investigating uh, Hunter Biden. You get a whistleblower going, hey, look, they're giving this guy favorable treatment. You know what they do? They get rid of the entire team that was supposed to be investigating him. I mean, at what point do people look at this uh, this machine and just go, I'm calling malarkey on the entire thing? All right, but anyways, in terms of referencing my own uh, inconsistencies, because I defended at the end of the Mueller investigation going, hey, look, these are prosecutors, and they didn't even come forward with enough information to present a case, so it's clear that he's completely off the hook. And then I guess if you go with the Durham thing, you go, yeah, this was clearly all made up and it came from the Clintons. I guess now there's a question of if the Durham thing leads to any prosecutions in any capacity, uh, but it sounds like everyone did a good job of wink nodding, crossing their T's, making sure that they didn't actually get busted doing any illegal activity, except for, I guess, the person who, uh, um, uh, but then you gotta, then you gotta review the laws. If someone running for office can call up his friends at the CIA and then use the machinery of the CIA to paint his opponent as if they're a Russian asset, a foreign spy, and then we put millions of dollars and a ton of resources into that. I don't know. Isn't that a problem? Then don't we need a new law that would prevent that? The same as they changed the laws after Donald Trump tried to pretend like he won the election and that he was going to bring forward new delegates. And I know that they changed the law on that. I remember the headline of the, that they changed the law. Don't you need some change of laws here? Maybe people running for office shouldn't even be allowed to correspond with the FBI or CIA. Like maybe there needs to be like a specific uh, protocol for how they're even allowed to interact. I mean, why if you're working at the, uh, if you're trying to run for office, you're trying to get the job, why you got to correspond with people at the FBI anyways? It sounds like uh, the only reason that you would is if they're going to give you some information that's going to help you out. Why you got to interact with people at the CIA? I mean, I get it. Once you're in the job, that becomes your job. But while you're running for the job, doesn't even sound like you need to communicate with these individuals. All right. With that all being said, let's give this a little bit of a watch. Not going to play that much of it because I still got a lot more than I want to cover. They had been given by the Trump campaign uh, chairman, Mr. Manafort. My colleagues will probe the efforts undertaken uh, to keep this information from becoming public, but I think it's important for the American people to understand the gravity of the underlying problem that your report uncovered. And with that, Mr. Chairman, I would yield back. Gentlelady. Good morning, Director. Uh, if you'll let me quickly summarize your opening statement this morning, you said in volume one on the issue of conspiracy, the special counsel determined that the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. And then in volume two, for reasons that you explained, the special counsel did not make a determination on whether there was an obstruction of justice crime committed by the president. Is that fair? Yeah. Yes, sir. 
All right, now in explaining the special counsel did not make what you called a traditional prosecution or declination decision, the report on the bottom of page two of volume two reads as follows. The evidence we obtained about the president's actions and intent presents difficult issues that prevent us from conclusively determining that no criminal conduct occurred. Accordingly, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. Now, uh, I read that correctly? Yes. All right. Now, your report, and today you said at all times the special counsel team operated under, was guided by, and followed Justice Department policies and principles. So. Which DOJ policy or principle sets forth a legal standard that an investigated person is not exonerated if their innocence from criminal conduct is not conclusively determined? Can you repeat the last part of that question? Yeah. Which DOJ policy or principle set forth a legal standard that an investigated person is not exonerated if their innocence from criminal conduct is not conclusively determined? Uh, Where does that language come from, Director? Where is the DOJ policy that says that? Can you, let me make it easier. Can you give me an example other than Donald Trump where the Justice Department determined that an investigated person was not exonerated because I, their I, innocence was not conclusively determined? I, I, I cannot, but this is a unique okay, situation. Okay, well, I, you can't, time is short. I've got five minutes. Let's just leave it at, you can't find it because I'll tell you why. It doesn't exist. The special counsel's job, nowhere does it say. So let's pause here. For the sake of uh, consistency, you know, I guess in that case, I said, hey, listen, you guys spent two years trying to find evidence on this guy. You didn't come up with enough. And so you're not even pushing a prosecution. Now, maybe he was actually tasked with the prosecution, whereas Durham was just writing a report, and then other people can decide whether or not to prosecute. But at a minimum, I'd love to see them pull Mueller back in and go, what were you guys doing for two years considering this report right here? All right, they had been uh, enough of that topic. Oh, this was the headline for the New York Post. IRS removes investigative team from Hunter Biden probe and move whistleblower calls clearly retaliatory. Oh, this one's fun. Major Tyler Green says Hunter Biden's sex worker may testify before Congress. And let's bring all the let's bring all the whores in. Bring in every single hooker that he ever had sex with. That's great. Oh, that's good fun. Even if nothing comes of it, just having every single hooker sit down in front of Congress, especially if they just start pitching their OnlyFans, and they're just sitting there like, yes, and now I'm on OnlyFans. You can follow me here. And yes, I did hang out with him. And yes, he did say that I was the best time that he ever had, so much so that he was revealing the entire secrets that are only available up on my OnlyFans. Oh, let's turn this whole thing classless. I mean, this is just good fun. I, I, let's also bring in that Chinese spy that uh, that Salwell's having sex with. Let's let's bring in everybody that everyone's having sex with, and maybe that will actually be the way that we uncover crimes. Is because who knows what was said to a hooker while Hunter Biden was having crack? I mean, if we're gonna get to the bottom of this thing, bring every single one of those ladies in there, dress them up either the way they were the night that they were hanging out with him, because that could be more fun. That's gonna get eyeballs. Turn it into a real Jerry Springer show. Make them wear the exact hooker outfits they were when they met Hunter Biden so you get the full context of how they were hanging out. And my God, if that actually reveals any secrets about uh, the guns he was holding, the drugs he was doing, you know, because when you're doing crack and you're hanging out with the hooker, you're going to you're going to want to talk. You're stressed out. You're going to talk about the business dealings. Hey, I'm over here and I got to pretend like I understand oil with the Burisma thing. And my dad, I'm paying him 10 percent. I can barely even get him on a phone call to affirm whether or not these other bribery deals are going on. I mean, can you imagine if every single hooker came in 
and actually had a sick memory and could really tell you all the details of the financial transactions. Oh, that's some movie shit right there. Yeah, I remember. He was uh, putting it into bank account. Actually says the bank account number. Oh, yeah. No, I very specifically remember him talking about the problems he was having with the big guy, Joe Biden. At a minimum, good times. Next up, Washington Post. At the border, a reset but no surge is the headline. And then below, the Title 42 policies expiration unlawful topped 10,000 per day. But, you know, no surge going on. Title 42 is uh, getting a little bit confusing because they're saying that people were rushing in because they wanted to get in before Title 42 was ending because before it was ending, you weren't actually, uh, there was no criminal accountability. If you were caught, you were just sent back so you could kind of keep retrying. Uh, To me, the takeaway here is if that's the case, because I actually don't fully know. You see pictures as if if the Biden administration is actually colluding with smugglers and just bringing people over the border. I see crazy videos. I don't know. Maybe those were prearranged, whatever, at fences of people opening doors. I can't fucking tell. And then you're hearing so that there was this massive rush of people trying to get in before Title 42 was ended. And now they're looking to see. But you know what I'm hearing? is that if there's actual problems and repercussions for trying to sneak over the border, it sounds like people aren't trying it. So I guess if Title 42 was actually increasing it because there was no potential legal repercussions for uh, sneaking over the border, well, then it sounds like you got your insight that there needs to be criminal criminal repercussions. It, it, I, I don't know. It's like it's one of these uh, confusing storylines here. Where, uh, you know, they're telling us, oh, my God, Title 42 is going to end and it's going to be a disaster. And then they go, oh, look, it ended and it's actually better. Well, can you just look at the incentives of the two laws and then figure out what the law would need to be so that people don't want to come here? And it sounds like uh, one of the big conservative talking points is that it's actually not even helping these people who are coming uh, because they're getting stuck in bad situations or being taken advantage of from these smugglers. Uh, all right. What else we got? Uh, this one's just a quick snapshot. I got two quick snapshots for you guys. But before we do, sheathunderwear.com. It's the summer months. Your balls are sweaty, stinky. Things are getting all over the place. You got swamp ass, and I've got your solution at sheathunderwear.com. You use promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off. Show up to sh- summer porch store in your sheaths. You know, it's mostly all men, so you're not going to creep anyone out. And maybe the one lady there will go, hey, this guy's filling the sheath bulge more than any of these other dudes. And then there you go, because that's the way some report store uh, hookups should win. Whoever's got the biggest junk takes the lady. I, I'm okay with that system. You know, you, unless you show up with like a Rolex and the keys to your Ferrari to go, listen, his dick's bigger, but I got the bigger bank account. And uh, I'm sure that the women, the one lady who probably isn't single that shows up to these things would be game for this system. So, and that's what sheath underwear stands for is that the guy with the biggest bulge should get the lady. So sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. All right. Sheath underwear. So we've talked quite a bit about, um, potential currency problems for the U S dollar. Now you got your people out there going, this thing's King turd. There's no other uh, options. Every other currency is even worse. You're telling me China, the people that have been purposely trying to keep their currency cheap so that they can have more exports is suddenly going to become the currency of the world. You're telling me that China, this overdeveloped country with centralized everything, 
in pure socialism, the world's going to trust that more? Or what, you're telling me that the Chinese and the Russians and all these people are going to get together and actually pull off some sort of gold-backed currency that people want to use? That's what everyone's claiming. Listen, there's so much debt on dollars. Everyone else is so untrustworthy that the United States government can continue to be the reserve currency of the world. Everyone's going to use it, and we can keep spending more money than we got and sending that inflation overseas. That's what they keep telling you. And then I was going, yeah, but with all these sanctions, aren't we going to force people out of the U.S. dollar? If we force people to not be able to use our currency, it feels to me like we're just letting them out of jail. That's the power that we have is that they've got no choice but to use our currency and everything else is almost a game because at the end of the day, they got to use our currency and so we can steal some money from them and export some inflation. Why would you kick people out of your ability to steal money from them? I don't know. doesn't make much sense to me. So this was an article that I read in both. Uh, and once again, I don't understand King Turd. Could be with King Turd. It doesn't matter. We're going to be fined. And uh, all these little articles that you read about people trying to turn away from the U.S. dollar. It's nonsense. It's not going to happen. Uh, but this was uh, Mishtalk, which is a great economics blog. Go check it out. And then the Wall Street Journal wrote about this as well. I'll read the two headlines for you guys. This is from the Wall Street Journal. The pain of Silicon Valley's banks collapse is being felt by these depositors. And then this was from Mishtalk. Dollar weaponization expands FDIC message to foreign depositors is don't trust the U.S. So apparently when uh, Silicon Valley Bank went under and they had their uh, division that was uh, out in the Cayman Islands or whatever, all the uh, Chinese and foreign people that had their money in that bank, boom, swallowed right up. So when the uh, federal deposit insurance comes in and they go, look at all these U.S. depositors, we got to make them good on all their money. Well, that's for the U.S. citizens. But for these other people, when the bank went up and it was a Ponzi scheme, they just went, ah, well, fuck these people. And the problem with that is that if uh, we continuously have our banks going under, going all the way back up like a house of cards until we're all at J.P. Morgan, because there's no yield in the system. Why am I keeping my money at the bank when I can just put it into a high-yield savings account? They're going to pay me 5% a month. I can put it into a bond. I'm going to make 4% a month. So everyone's pulling their money out of the banks at the same time that their, uh, that their debt holdings of bonds are going down. Banks are fucking just boom, 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 going up, collapsing. The whole system's coming apart. And you know what you need when the system's coming apart? You need more deposits. But how are you going to get more deposits if people in the international markets are going, well, I don't trust you because if this thing goes under, you're going to return all the money to the Americans and not to me. Now, how much money in American banks are, uh, is uh, how much liquidity is being injected because of foreign uh, deposits? I can't answer that. But... What I can tell you is here's an interesting article that you probably weren't aware of that uh, is another little piece in the puzzle of the story of whether or not people are actually going to move away from the U.S. banking system or the U.S. dollar. Not saying it's going to happen. Just saying this was another little piece in the puzzle and bringing it to your attention because you don't read as much as I do and you weren't even aware of it. Macron calls for a green pause. It's kind of nice to see that uh, just a couple of years into pushing the green energy thing, People are uh, already starting to come down from it. Like, it seems like they're already starting to walk it back and go, listen, that doesn't seem to be uh, working out all that well um, because it was a bad idea. And it's funny to see just, just a couple years into it, people are already starting to walk it back. Now, maybe they were just carving out little industries. They were just front-running for themselves. They knew that it was never going to happen. And so your Black Rocks, they just bought a couple of windmills, and they just pumped and dumped those. 
but it's interesting to see that just uh, with very little costs actually being imposed on consumers, individuals, residents, hey, you might not be able to retire within, you might have to work for two years longer than you have to, and people start realizing, oh my God, none of this is going to work. All right, let's, uh, let's play a couple Twitter clips, and then I've got some new information uh, regarding some, uh, some COVID stuff, which I know no one cares about anymore other than me. Uh, and then that'll be our episode. All right, let's take a couple comments. Tommy Two Cents, it's the right thing to do, Robbie. Bring it at all horrors in remembrance of Jerry Springer. I agree. That could be the, uh, the U.S. government send-off to the, to the man. Uh, Tommy Two Cents, great ad read. Dave keeps calling cocks and balls man parts. Still mad cringe. Even the assistant secretary of health has them. <laughs> all right. And then Eric Baker, back for some Jewish wisdom. You know, that's why I try and provide one more comment. Dirty Mike, do they really need to expose his hookers? They're just trying to do an honest day's work. You know what? Maybe that's true. Are they going to get legal immunity for their hookering? If they come in and testify to Congress, does that then give them a free pass? That, like, the government officials aren't just going to walk around and watch their uh, watch their other hookering activity? Because then that could be the most lucrative hooker of all time when all of a sudden you're the legally sanctioned legal hooker everyone else in the nation is illegal hookers but then hunter Biden. can you imagine hunter biden's dick actually set these women free then now they're the only ones that can roam the united states of america selling their vagina for profits while it's still illegal for everyone else to do it all right twitter clips here we go let's start with uh this one from uh starbucks you know everyone's got to pledge allegiance to the woke agenda they got to make sure that they're uh putting commercials out into the wild and this is what i was talking about before that this isn't good for uh for my business that you know you can make a uh, commercial in india and now it can make its way to the united states like you can pretend in india that uh you're for this in america you're for something else but here we go let's watch this commercial This thing's gonna play for uh, two minutes. I'm gonna go take a piss while it does. You guys can chat amongst yourself. I'll be back shortly. So no, is bar gusamat hona, please. Thank you, Papa, for meeting me. I know बड़े साल बीत गए, लेकिन आप आज भी मेरे लिए सब कुछ हो. If I was Starbucks, my approach would just be more like, can you deal with your family bullshit somewhere else? We're trying to sell some coffee and deal with freeloaders on their laptops and homeless people using the bathroom. We don't need to have your dramatic moments here. 
just to, to do this at home. You guys want to come for coffee before, and if like you need a cup of coffee before you hash out your family bullshit, we, we got you. You, you know, we got great coffee. That, that's really what it should be is, do you need the energy to fight the rest of your family and their values that you don't have? Well, Starbucks has the energy you need. You don't want to be lethargic. Everyone else shows up to this family fight. They didn't drink any caffeine. They're losing their minds, and they're not understanding how you have so much energy to battle them in the way that you do. Well, Starbucks is here for you and making sure that you have the energy to get through those awkward family moments. But please, not in our store. We got tables outside. At least at least do it outside. We don't want to... Everyone, everyone feels this awkward energy. And what, are you guys getting a high, hug and cry and do, the, you know, family personal shit that autists like me don't understand? We don't want to see this. Can you do this elsewhere? All right. What else we got in terms of uh, Twitter clips? What are we got lined up next? Uh, uh, at his commencement address uh, for the Howard the University news. graduates called white supremacy uh, uh, the, the major domestic terror threat in this country. Is that correct? Uh, it tragically is. You know, um, in the terrorism context, domestic violent extremism is uh, our greatest threat uh, right now. Individuals are driven to violence because of ideologies of hate, uh, anti-government sentiments, false narratives. And this is what's so great. I mean, I don't think you and I understand just how successful the Biden administration is being because I haven't seen a lot of violence from domestic terrorism throughout the Biden campaign. So really, think about how successful they've been in terms of curbing the biggest uh, the biggest uh, problem. I mean, Biden's in the Oval Office every day fighting for the soul of our nation. As far as I can tell, we haven't died yet, so he, he, he's kept the soul here. And we also haven't had a single instant, instance of domestic terrorism. I mean, this is like if you claimed every day the biggest problem that we fight in a nation is that there aren't enough clouds in our skies. Well, you see all the clouds that are still up there? That's because every day we're showing up to the Oval Office and we're making sure that we've curbed this problem of the clouds. So you can thank us because we're doing a great job because there was a cloud problem before we got here and spent billions of dollars and all of our resources curbing the cloud problem. So you're welcome. And I guess if the biggest threat to our nation is domestic terrorism, then, uh, you know, bringing a bunch of people over the border to uh, maybe dilute the presence of those individuals, you're actually, you're solving the problem. So really round of applause, everybody round of applause for myocarditis and Biden because we didn't even realize that there was a domestic terrorism sole problem, which is really just because of how good of a job they've been doing in solving it. All right, what else we got? Flying through these Twitter clips. Um, yeah, that one's not that interesting. We can skip that one. Oh, but here we go. It's the uh, the creature from the river. It's a responsibility that, a, that the head of a bank could literally, could literally crash our economy. It's astonishing. That's like if you have... I mean, like, and and they also realize is that 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 now they have it's in a guaranteed a guaranteed way to be saved by no again by no matter no by by how you know so it's it's you know isn't it appropriate that the those kinds of this kind of control should be more stricter to prevent this kind of thing from going or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank regardless of how, how uh, there's... Uh, I like the bailing and sailing initiative. 
the John Fetterman Bailing and Sailing Initiative of America. This is like you took the world's dumbest 12-year-old girl, like, like your bank, and like, if you're going to be at like your bank, or maybe just a guy who, uh, you know, had a stroke and wasn't that smart to start out and now can't even talk, and then the bank guy's got to sit there and turn to his count, like, am I supposed to respond to the retard? What am I supposed to do? How do I handle this? Am I, do I pretend like he actually just asked me a question, or do we just... What am I, how am I supposed to handle this? I'm just trying to be nice here. Anyone bring any Laffy Taffy for the guy? Maybe an apple? Maybe if we give him an apple, we'll be happy. All right. Last one. Choice. You don't see, I mean, in terms of when you're going to engage. I mean, for example, even today, Elon, you, you, you tweeted this thing about George Soros. Well, I'm looking for it because I want to make sure I quote it properly. But, I mean, you know what you wrote, but... You basically I said it reminds me of Magneto. This is like, you know, calm down, people. This is not like made a pick a well, case s- out of it. You also, no, no. <laughs> you said he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization, and Soros hates humanity. Like when you do something like that, do you yeah, think I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. Okay, but why share it? Why share it? Especially, be, I mean, why share it when people who buy Teslas may not agree with you, advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. Um, why not just say, hey, I think this. You can tell me. We can talk about it over there. You can tell your friends. But why share it widely? I mean, uh, I, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I you want. You absolutely are. But I'm trying to understand why you do, because you have to know it's got a... There, it, it puts you in, a, in the middle of a, the partisan divide in the country. It makes you a, a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? I, you know, people today saying he's an anti-Semite. I don't think you are. No, I'm definitely. I'm, okay. I'm like. I'm like a pro-Semite, if anything. <laughs> I I believe that probably is the case. Yes. But why would you even introduce the idea then that that would be the the case? I I mean, let's, we don't want to make the. All right, I'm going to pause here. Two takeaways. One, and it didn't happen yet, but I love the Elon Musk pause. You got people like me trying to pretend like we're smooth all the time, fast talking, hopping right into answers, just talk first, see if maybe I actually think of something while I'm rolling. But then Elon Musk, isn't that great when people recognize you as being so smart that you don't have to actually be smooth, and so you can just sit there? And people go, oh my God, the wise sage is really picking his words. I love it. That's such a great strategy. Just sit, pause, don't be like, people already recognize you as being smart. You can take as much time as you want coming up with an answer, and no one will go, oh, look, this guy's an idiot. He's not fast on his feet. Isn't it, It's like the total opposite of what we do in every political debate anywhere else. And I guess that's what happens when you're the richest man in the world and people recognize you as bright, is that you can have the confidence to just go, I'm going to take a second on that one. All right, that was point one. Point two, which is the more important point, is... Uh, at least Elon Musk is a single individual when he's making these comments. How come we're not asking the exact same questions to all of these corporations who seem to be wanting to take a stance on social issues? I mean, this is exactly the complaint with the ESG and whatever else other nonsense is. Why are you guys alienating some of your customer base when you can just be out there making profits instead? And is uh, Elon's opinions more reprehensible than Bill Gates' vaccine-pushing opinions? Now, I understand maybe uh, Elon, uh, Bill Gates is not the, still active at Microsoft, but I'm just saying, isn't it interesting that the uh, corporate media only seems to take issue with Elon Musk expressing his personal opinions, which is not to me nearly as bad for a corporation as uh, the actual corporation expressing an opinion? 
Like when Disney actually expresses an opinion about abortion or otherwise, isn't that going to alienate all the conservatives that like to come to their theme park? Why not just run a theme park? Why are you only asking this question of, uh, of Mr. Musk, who actually is now in the business of free speech? His actual business model now, or at least in regards to Twitter, is, hey, look, we've got a free speech platform on the front. So in his case, his actual, or at least part of his business model, I understand that it's not quite as profitable as Tesla, is directly in him talking his mind. And if anything, he owns his own engagement that if he's being interesting on Twitter and courting people to a Tinder, I mean, to Twitter, court attention at all costs, something I haven't been great at, but I was actually thinking about before the episode, because I want more people watching this. Uh... It's from Robert Greene's book, if you never read it. But I just thought it was interesting that we're only... I've never seen this asked of any of these other CEOs who are playing the ESG game. All right. And now we are going to come door, down from uh, from Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry. We are going to come down from the YouTube channels because I got one last topic that I wanted to discuss. Um... Colorado man allegedly tries avoiding DUI by switching seats with dog. And uh, that's not a DUI thing. That, 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 that should be an advertisement for marijuana in Colorado that a guy thought he, he actually he might have thought that the dog was driving. So he might as well be at the steering wheel. He'd be like, you don't understand. I know I'm drunk, but that dog was actually driving this car with his mind. All right. So this is a Wall Street Journal opinion piece. Officials neglect COVID vaccine side effects. And uh, even though everyone's uh, moved on. Uh oh. We'll come back to the last page here. Hold on. Sorry, everybody. We're going to come down from the YouTubes. And uh, we're going to address this last topic. Once again, uh, everybody, come check out Summer Porch Store. Dates are going to be up later this week. If you got a porch... That's about a two, three-hour ride, different city than the location. You don't even need a porch. You just need a backyard and uh, either to not have a family or a family that's cool that you can send elsewhere, and then uh, we can throw a party in your yard. Um, all sorts of dates coming at you, coming down from the tubes. Is it safe here, everybody? Uh, everybody, I'm only reading a small chunk of this and, uh, uh, the warning for accuracy's sake, it does start off talking about a lady who got the AstraZeneca vaccine, but everyone should go read this. I thought it was interesting that the wall street journal was even reporting about vaccine, uh, side effects. And, uh, the start of the article is about a lady who started a Facebook group, a support group for other people that were having vaccine problems. And, uh, guess what? Facebook took down that support group. Facebook couldn't have people who actually were injured by vaccines communicating with other people that were injured by vaccines because that might get other people to not take the vaccines. Now, my biggest takeaway from this article was uh, that, you know, not only did they rush these things into development and they didn't do what would be the traditional testing, but you would think that if you did an emergency rollout without the traditional testing, then you would have even higher standards for being able to track if there were problems going on because otherwise how else are you possibly going to know if things are going wrong so i understand you think there's an emergency you go listen we're going to bypass our normal procedure we're going to roll these into the wild but you would think if they were to do that 
then you would go, but we're going to need to have some sort of a live monitoring system so that if things aren't going well in our live experiment, at least we're getting that data back. And I guess in some ways they got the data back on Johnson & Johnson, or maybe they just uh, weren't as powerful at lobbying as both Pfizer and Moderna, and so they had to actually pull theirs from the market while the other ones got to keep rolling theirs on out. But I'm going to read you just a couple. This was a long article. It's a worthwhile read. It documents people and who had vaccine injuries, some of which uh, notably were from AstraZeneca, which was not rolled out in the U.S., but even with the U.S., I guess, acknowledging these problems, they accepted, I believe they accepted that for travel. And, you know, they didn't uh, they didn't tell other countries not to use it. And you, you read the battles that these people had in terms of just trying to get their uh, information documented or relate to other people on Facebook in the way that the system wouldn't allow for it. So anyways, let's read, um, let's read this because I believe this little chunk to be particularly damning. FDA likes to say that there's no safety signal in VAERS data, but the problem is that it's not complete, says Joel Walksberg, a React 19 member, that was a person from the Facebook group, who practiced orthopedic surgery in Wisconsin before he had a neurological reaction after a Moderna shot. Because VAERS relies on self-reporting, it is both under and over-inclusive. Some people don't report adverse reactions that are likely caused by vaccines, while other people report events that probably aren't. Dr. Walksog says healthcare providers should be mandated to report potential adverse effects to VAERS, whether or not they think the vaccine was the cause. Patients may also report their diffuse neurological symptoms under different headings, making it harder for public health officials to detect links. Some reports that patients claim to have filed also don't appear in the public database. A React 19 review that found that 12% of VAERS reports filed by members have been deleted and 22% lacked a permanent identification number, so they weren't publicly visible. So that would mean just based off this one group that it would be uh, understated by 32%. A CDC spokesperson says that all reports to VAERS are publicly... I didn't give that much thought to that. I didn't think of that beforehand. I just thought of that while I was reading it. So I might have to double back on that before uh, people fact check me and go, hey, that guy doesn't understand. Also, it's more than 32. It's 34. Just showcasing how dumb I am. All right, moving on. A CDC spokesman says that all reports to VAERS are publicly available and can be examined. But due to privacy and confidentiality, CDC cannot confirm which reports have been reviewed and what the review revealed. For reports classified as serious, CDC says it requests and reviews all available medical records. Serious is defined as death, life-threatening illness, hospitalization, or prolongation of hospitalization, permanent disability, congenital anomalies, or birth defects. A CDC presentation on January 26, 2023, showed that 883 VAERS reports of pain in extremity following Moderna and Pfizer bivalent boosters were categorized as non-serious. VAERS is not designed to determine if the vaccine caused the reported adverse event, the CDC spokesperson says. The determination of the cause of serious adverse event is done by healthcare providers, but React 19 members says the CDC didn't follow up on their complaints. Doctors are typically reluctant to ascribe a rare adverse event to a vaccine unless the FDA and CDC validate the association. Post-vaccine neurological symptoms are relatively rare and it is nearly impossible to conclude whether they were caused by the vaccines. Some patients who get infected with COVID also report developing neurological disorders after the illness. It's unclear if these symptoms are more common after vaccination or infection, or if they have become more common during the pandemic than before. So two takeaways. One, it's interesting to me that the Wall Street Journal is even writing about uh, 
possible health side effects from taking the vaccine. Two is the CDC, when they rolled this out, what protocols do they even have in place to discover whether or not there are um, adverse side effects? And at this point, as we know that we've been lied to the entire time coming into this thing, can they appoint some sort of an investigative unit to actually look like if VAERS is being understated or if branches of government are purposely not categorizing or they've created a system where doctors are not uh, incentivized to properly report these things? Is there any interest whatsoever in truth? All right. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Back next week, probably Monday and Wednesday with uh, new episodes. And then we're going to be at Childerberg, going to be running a ceremony. I'm looking forward to that. Going to be doing some stand-up. Some locals will be coming out. Hopefully going to be doing a live podcast. And then I've got a whole bunch of guests lined up. i got Gary Richide coming on, author of A Twisted History of the United States of America. He read some crazy book about Russia and... Uh, we're going we're gonna to do a quick book review. Not a book review. He's going to give us a book recap so that we don't have to sit down and read this other book. And he can just drop some of the bombshells of us. And then we can just walk away smarter. Doesn't that sound convenient? Uh, then I've got uh, Carol Roth booked. Because she's got a book coming out soon about... Uh, it's not even out yet. I got the pre-copy, which I got to read when I'm down in Texas. All about World Economic Forum stuff. I'm excited for that. And then I'm going to be tracking down Guy Swan, maybe in person at Childerberg, uh, because I'm, I, I got some Bitcoin questions for the man himself. So looking forward to some upcoming in, uh, things. Porch Tour, Sheath Underwear, Yo Kratom, Yo Delta. That, that's it. We plugged everything. Have a good one, everyone. Nice. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great day. Nice to see you. Enjoy whatever.